Hello and welcome to the Curious Clubhouse podcast. I am your host, Jason, and this week we are talking about one of Stephen King's classic horror novels, The Shining. Now, if you're new to the podcast, this is a weekly podcast where I'll take you on a brief, informative deep dive into a specific topic that has helped shape and influence today's pop culture. Today, we'll talk about what The Shining is, I'll give you a brief summary of the novel itself, as well as go over the inspiration and ideas for this incredible story. We'll also touch on some various differences between the book and film, and we'll round out the episode by discussing some fun and interesting facts surrounding The Shining. So without further ado, let's get into it, let's get curious. The Shining is a gothic horror novel by Stephen King. It was first published in 1977. It was adapted into a film of the same name in 1980. The Shining is set in Colorado in the 1970s. Its focus is on the Torrance family, the husband John, wife Wendy, and their five-year-old son Danny. In the beginning of the novel, John is hired as the caretaker of the Overlook Hotel for the off-season, that being the winter season. While there, John is informed of some of the hotel's dark past. The previous caretaker, Delbert Grady killed his entire family inside the hotel. Over the years, it has played host to secret affairs, horrible murders, and even executions. Despite this, John is determined to be the caretaker. In the past, John, an aspirant writer and former school teacher, struggled with alcoholism and anger issues. Once, he broke his son's arm trying to discipline him. More recently, John assaulted a teenage student who let the air out of his car tires. This assault costs John his job and leads his wife Wendy to consider divorce. Now John is a recovering alcoholic, his ties to his family are weak, a play John has been working on remains largely unfinished. John hopes the seclusion of the Overlook will help him finish his play and reconnect with his family. However, the longer the Torrances stay at the hotel, the more they are plagued by visions and ghosts of past residents of the hotel. In one instance, Danny sees the phrase red rum, which spells murder backwards, periodically throughout his time in the hotel. Danny is also chased down a hallway by a fire hose, among other things. It is also around this time that the hotel tries to possess John. It shows him historical records and scrapbooks of various goings-on of its past guests, eventually convincing John to sabotage their only means of communicating with the outside world, that being destroying the CB radio and the snowmobile. Though Wendy is unaware of the power that the hotel holds over John, she begins to mistrust John after a corpse attacks Danny in room 217, leaving a bruise on his neck. This leads Wendy to believe John is abusing Danny. On the morning of December 1st, John walks into the ballroom of the hotel to find the bar fully stocked with alcohol and the bar being tended by a barman named Lloyd. Lloyd proceeds to pour John drink after drink while a party plays on in the ballroom around him. After several drinks, John is confronted by the spirit of Delbert Grady. Grady is the caretaker who murdered his entire family that we touched on earlier. Grady convinces John to kill his wife and son, and John later that afternoon attempts to strangle Wendy who then proceeds to hit John over the head with a wine bottle and escape. Together, she and Danny drag John's unconscious body and lock him in a pantry. 
Hours later, Grady confronts John in the pantry, making him promise to kill Wendy and deliver Danny to Grady. After promising to do just that, Grady unlocks the door, and John is once again free. John attacks Wendy again, this time with a mallet he finds brutally injuring her. She fights back, stabbing John with a knife, yet despite this, John continues to attack her. Unable to walk, she proceeds to drag herself up the stairs of the hotel and locks herself in a bathroom. John keeps coming after Wendy, attempting to break down the bathroom door with the mallet, leaving a hole in the door, through which John reaches through in an attempt to open the bathroom from the other side. Wendy responds to this by slashing at John's arm with a razor blade. Meanwhile, Holloran, the hotel's manager, receives a psychic call for help from Danny. He hurries to the overlook where he is attacked by a giant hedge animals who surround a hedge garden behind the hotel. Holloran makes it into the hotel only to be injured by John. With both Wendy and Holloran now out of the way, John continues to pursue Danny. Unbeknownst to John, Danny is wandering the hallways following Tony's voice. Tony tells Danny he's in a place within his own mind and that Tony is a part of Danny. Danny then realizes that Tony is an older version of himself who has come to warn young Danny of future events. After searching for a bit, John confronts Danny on the third floor. Danny observes the monster that his father has become and reminds himself this is not who his dad really is. This menacing, snarling, hunched creature is a shell of who John briefly of who his father used to be, excuse me, and Danny stands his ground that this isn't him, but rather a false mask, a false face worn by the hotel. John briefly manages to fight off the hotel's dark hold over him and tells Danny to run. The hotel then proceeds to fully take control of John. Danny continues to run from John before remembering what his father forgot to do earlier, and that is that the boiler to the hotel hadn't been checked for days. John panics and takes off for the basement to check the boiler. Danny finds Wendy and Holloran, and together they run from the hotel. Shortly after exiting the hotel, the boiler explodes. John, still possessed by the hotel, dies, and the overlook is engulfed in flames. Danny, Wendy, and Holloran escape on the snowmobile. So that is just a short summary of the novel of The Shining itself. Uh, if you haven't read the book, I highly recommend that you do. It is definitely worth the read, especially if you love some of Stephen King's work, or if you just love horror in general. This brief summary definitely doesn't do the story justice by any means. However, that is the story in its entirety in that brief summary. So, now that we know a little bit about The Shining, I'd like to switch gears now and tell you the story behind the story. Where did Stephen King, in fact, get his inspiration and ideas for this classic horror literature? Well, Stephen King got the idea behind one of today's best horror novels, in my opinion. King, the master of horror himself, was inspired to write The Shining after staying a night in the Stanley Hotel, which is located in Estes Park, Colorado. In September of 1974, King and his wife, Tabitha, checked into the Stanley Hotel, in which King himself described as being a grand old hotel. The Kings stayed in room 217. 
King recalled that he and his wife were the only guests staying at the hotel. The hotel was set to close for the winter season the next day. King thought to himself, The hotel seemed to be per a perfect setting for a ghost story. That night, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors looking back over his shoulder. Eyes wide, screaming, he was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a jerk, sweating all over within an inch of falling out of bed. Now, I am, don't know about you, but I for sure am glad that he had this dream and not me, because it does definitely sound terrifying, especially being up in the mountains all by yourself. Well, that same night, King established a strong foundation for the book. According to King, two of the novel's central themes, the dangers of alcoholism and the breaking down of the family, are extracts of the author's personal fears. King struggled with alcoholism in the early days of his writing career. In the late 1970s, King claims he was drinking in excess and was worried he would hurt his family. The Shining clearly touches on this. King later claimed that he wrote The Shining about himself. So, Stanley Kubrick's 1980 film adaptation of The Shining, which starred Jack Nicholson as John, but changed to Jack Torrance in the movie, and Shelley Duvall as Wendy Torrance, is arguably the most famous adaptation of King's novel. Now, I'm going to get into the facts here just a little bit earlier than usual because I did find this one particular fact to be very interesting and it is very relevant. Kubrick's vision of the film was significantly different from King's version of the film. A fact that I found very interesting, as I mentioned, is Kubrick actually rejected the screenplay that King himself submitted to Kubrick. Kubrick chose instead to write his own. And I find it very interesting that despite Kubrick's going his own direction with The Shining, that the film still to this day is so popular and remains a classic. You know, and I thought that a lot of people initially might disagree because in my personal opinion, if the author is sending you a script for a film adaptation of his own works, I would assume that that would be the script that you would want to go with, right? Because the author wrote it. He knows what he's looking for. You know, he knows what may or may not be successful as it pertains to his writing. But I guess as we have all seen, you know, not everything pans out. And I think that Kubrick was right to go with his initial draft of the film because as we all know, it is an instant classic and it is very well done despite the differences. So now I just want to touch on a few other smaller differences here and a couple others that I noticed right away is the name change from John as the character is named in the book to Jack as he's named in the movie. We also notice that the famously supernatural room that King stayed in at the Stanley, room 217, was changed to room 237 in the movie. While these changes don't affect the overall story, I personally feel that they are unnecessary. And while I understand directors do have their own vision, I feel you should stick to the author's version as much as possible. A few major differences between the book and the movie. In the novel, it's made very clear that the hotel is very haunted and there are ghosts and other supernatural elements such as the topiaries in the garden coming alive. It is a combination of these supernatural elements that ultimately drive John mad in the book. John is clearly aware that the hotel is influencing his sanity. Meanwhile, in the movie, the nature of Jack's madness, aka John, is much more ambiguous. 
the line between his internal and external worlds is blurred and leaves the audience to decide how much he is fully aware of. This presents the question of which events are supernatural and which are products of isolation and writer's block, leading to his rapidly deteriorating mental health. Another difference here is the famous twins that Danny sees at the end of the hallway in the movie are not present in King's novel. The Grady family murders are talked about in the book, but the girls aren't twins and they aren't seen by Danny in visions as it's shown in the movie. So difference number four here, another iconic scene in the movie is the bleeding elevator scene, which is also not present in King's novel. And I actually knew this, and despite the fact that it was put in the movie but isn't present in the novel, I actually really enjoyed this edition. I think it lends a lot to the movie. It was a very good scene and it was very well done. So another difference here, the hedge maze from the film is not in the book. The maze in the movie replaces the garden in the book, the garden being filled with various plants and tapiaries that ultimately come to life and help push John towards the edge. This is significantly changes the ending of the movie versus the novel, and it definitely does do that. Uh, the ending, spoiler alert, for the end of the book, as you found out from my summary, the hotel does indeed explode versus the ending for the movie where Jack ultimately is just dies and ultimately becomes frozen to death. And finally here, some other facts that we have listed uh, that I found really intriguing. Fact number one, Stephen King was inspired to write the book because of a nightmare he had had at the Stanley Hotel, like we touched on earlier. Fact number two, the hotel was originally constructed for the region's curing properties against tuberculosis. And initially, this is another thing that I did, was not aware of. I did not know that the Stanley Hotel was actually constructed because of tuberculosis. That I didn't know that that was an issue that they had struggled with back then. So I did find that pretty interesting. Fact number three here, the Stanley experienced a gas explosion in 1911. Now this fact I was aware of. I have been to the Stanley Hotel a couple of times. The first time I went with my brother several years ago and we took a midnight ghost tour of the property and they did allude to the gas explosion. And the gas explosion, I do believe, caused several deaths among other injuries as well, which we'll find out with this next fact here. And that is that reports of paranormal activity at the Stanley started after the explosion. Specifically, Miss Elizabeth Wilson was thrown down the stairs from room 217. So, yeah, due to that, we do know that there were some deaths in 1911 due to that gas explosion. And the final fact that I have listed here, is the Stanley Hotel built a hedge maze in honor of the film. And later, employees and guests have created a pet cemetery of sorts, another fun tribute to King's work, if you've ever read his book, Pet Cemetery. So yeah, that's just something that I found really fascinating. I did not know that the hedge maze was built in honor of the film. I originally thought that the hedge maze was built because of the book. So it was very interesting to find that out. Well, that is The Shining, guys. In a nutshell, I hope that you enjoyed this episode i hope that you enjoyed what you listened to if you like what you heard please rate subscribe wherever you get your podcast if you have 
Any questions or you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to submit to the show, please email those to the curious clubhouse at gmail.com, which is also in the episode description. Again, thank you for listening, and as always, stay curious.